Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh yeah, I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. Welcome to Radical Personal Finance, a show dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, insight, and encouragement you need to live a rich and meaningful life now while building a plan for financial freedom in 10 years or less. My name is Joshua Sheets. Today, I'm going to continue this series called My Biggest Financial Mistakes. My Biggest Financial Mistakes. Again, I've (laughs) done a lot of introspection and analysis over the past six to 12 months in my own life, and I've made a a list, it's quite long, (laughs) of my personal biggest financial mistakes, the things that have cost me more money than anything else. And um, I've been sharing those with you little by little, and in no particular order, just in the order that I I feel like I want to talk about them. Uh, And today's mistake is is actually quite simple. Um, it is simply this. One of my biggest financial mistakes has been having a selfish focus on myself and my own lifestyle goals rather than being willing to focus on serving others. I think here, a little bit of background will help you to understand this. I could have also titled this particular podcast episode, How I Feel Like I've Been Bamboozled by the Financial Independence Movement, (laughs) Uh, because it's taken me quite a while to work through and experience enough to be sure of what I'm actually saying to you. By way of background... When I was younger, I wanted to be financially independent. I wanted to be financially free. And I spent time reading things and listening to people who promised financial freedom, who promised that I would be able to achieve my goals. I read personal finance literature, and personal finance literature taught me that if I would put money in my IRAs and contribute faithfully and invest it into stocks, that someday I would be a multimillionaire and have a lot of money, and then I would be able to retire. I read uh, and listened to literature and things that that people talked about that helped me to have that goal of financial independence. And while I've personally made fun of and pilloried for many years the the scam of retirement, the reality is it affected me deeply. The idea that even though I made fun of it, right, the Merrill Lynch ad with the gray-haired couple walking calmly down the beach, uh, I made fun of it. I still, it was still held in my mind as a vision, something that I wanted. And as I worked my way through the world of employment, I I systematically grew to want it more. I started as a teenager consuming mainstream personal finance books that talked about the value of retirement in your mid-60s. Then I started working in uh, then I started working in uh, financial services. In 2008, I joined a financial services company. 
Uh, I started selling life insurance, disability insurance, long-term care insurance. I got my securities licenses, started selling investments, became a financial advisor, and started doing comprehensive holistic financial planning at the time. And when I was doing that, I was working in a business model that was structured based upon that that mainstream understanding of retirement. And so I, of course, had those goals. One of the ways that the company that I worked for attracted me was by talking about their pension programs. And I I knew people that were very wealthy and had a great retirement lifestyle. (laughs) It seemed awesome. It looked awesome. And so I worked at that. Then along the way, I became exposed to what is now known as the FIRE movement. I found out that if I could save money, more money, then I could reach my goals even faster. I discovered the idea that I didn't have to wait until I was 65 to retire, that I could retire at perhaps 35 or 45 or 50 or 30 or 25 if I worked really hard. And as I discovered those concepts, they became very, very attractive to me. And I started to work on those and I started to save and I started to to really invest myself into that approach. And I've shared with you many of those ideas here at Radical Personal Finance. Along the way, I discovered what I considered to be an even faster path. The faster path was entrepreneurship. As I was working through my own financial independence planning, I thought, well, why should I wait and wait to be a millionaire and just save and invest to become a millionaire when I could live a millionaire's lifestyle with the right kind of lifestyle business? And I started building a lifestyle business. Now, at the beginning, it was radical personal finance. It has since been radical personal finance, but I do some other things as well. And my goal along the way was to build a lifestyle business. And originally, my goal in building uh, said lifestyle business was six figures from a laptop, right? Because I thought, well, what are all the things that I would do if I were financially independent? And I created this vision, this this goal of, of um, kind of how I would live my life. I engaged in these visioning exercises, and I, I thought it through, and I became very clear on how I would live my life. And I thought... If I make six figures from a laptop with a very small number of hours worked per week, that would that would be great. Um, I never wanted to not work entirely. That's 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 never been a priority of mine. But I always wanted just to work a little bit, right? Maybe not four hours a week, but maybe twenty four hours a week seems pretty ideal for me. Twenty four hour, twenty hours, twenty four hours a week, four days a week, six hours a day. However you slice it, right? For years, I've wanted to and plan done actually to a to a good degree. Although I haven't done it purpose fully, but work three months on, take a month off. Work three months on, take a month off. I've always been attracted by this kind of 50% effort, 50% lifestyle, because it has seemed to me to promise all of the things that I have wanted. You know, the the personal goals of things like not having to set an alarm clock to wake up in the morning, being able to live wherever I want in the, in the world, not having a tremendous, having tremendous time freedom. I don't like to be constrained by a calendar where I have to be places at a certain time. And so this these 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 were all have always been the elements of kind of my dream life of how I would like to live. Um, part of that has also been that I wanted minimal stress. Uh, having had employees in the past, I, I determined I don't want to have employees. I don't want to have 
to supervise people. I don't enjoy supervising people. I don't enjoy managing employees. Uh, and I have said, okay, I don't want that. And so I've, I've over time, I've made decisions where I could have expanded and hired employees. I didn't want to do it. I also didn't want the responsibility, right? When you take responsibility of, of, of paying people money, then when you run out of money, it, it hurts a lot more when you know that other families are relying on you and on your work. It's a tremendous amount of pressure. I've always been pretty capable and never worried too much about running out of money for myself because I've got lots of backup plans. But then, of course, you have people working for you and you observe and you think it's going to hurt them a lot worse than it hurts me. And it, it's a big responsibility. And so I said, I don't want that. And so I built a lifestyle business. And I told myself that it was awesome because it is. It is. Right? There's no, there's no arguing that it's, it's nice to have a lifestyle business. It really is. And I've told myself that that would be kind of the, the ultimate. That was as, that was as big as, as my, it was as big as I could see, right? That was as big as I could see. But what I have realized over the past year, especially, is that that's always been a selfish goal. It's always been about me. It's always been, about me. And what has happened is when you have, at least when I have, when I have had, as as I have a selfish, me-focused goal, then it makes me worry about making it too big. Some people don't worry about that, but or some people don't aren't affected by that. But I personally have 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 often been affected by that, right? Maybe you want to have a nice car. Well, I look at it and I, I find it hard to justify why I should want the nicest car in the world, right? If why if if a if a if a car gets me down the road, then it's good enough. But maybe I want a nicer car. Well, how much of a nicer car do I want? Do I want uh, a Toyota Corolla? Do I want a Lexus? Do I want a Tesla? Do I want a Ferrari or do I want a Bugatti, right? There's a big difference between these vehicles. And you look at it and you think, well, I don't really, I, I'm not really a Bugatti guy. I, I don't, I don't even fit in those, most of those supercars. Although to be fair, I haven't tested them all. Maybe there's one that's big enough for me. Uh, and so you think, well, that's not really me. And then well, what's the goal? Is the goal to have one or is the goal to have a fleet? Is the goal to have 15 of them? And some people have that that sense of ambition, that sense of desire, that that endless lust for more, more consumption. But I've never really had that, partly due to my background, partly due to my worldview, partly due to my looking at that and just consciously saying, like, this is stupid. Why not be content? Uh, you know, why not have enough to channel John Bogle, right, with enough or to, or to channel the scriptures, right? Godliness and contentment is great gain. And so I've cultivated a sense of contentment. And so what I've told myself is philosophically, all right, if Joshua, if you're content and then you have enough, you have enough money, I've never, I've not found myself limited much by lack of money. So you're doing fine. And so you should just enjoy, enjoy, take your, make your 24-hour work week and, and go with it. But that has resulted in my producing less. That has resulted in my working less because I've often been under-motivated to, to, um, to achieve more for my own ends. Uh, 
so what's changed? What has changed for me is I, I have finally become willing to embrace a sense of responsibility related to service. And I have embraced on a deeper way than ever before the reality that I have a responsibility to serve. I have been given much, and therefore much is required of me. And I'm that much that is required of me, for me to achieve that, for me to do that, it's not enough for me to just engage in lifestyle business. It's not enough for me to engage in um, kind of hanging out, hanging out and doing just enough. And what a tragedy it would be for me if I wasted some of the most important years and, God willing, decades of my life hanging out. Now, it's taken a while for me to be willing to say that without hedging in a public way. Because I have found the siren song of financial independence very attractive. I found that siren song of, of the beach lifestyle very attractive. And I don't wish to condemn others for the decisions that they have made. I, I've said I, don't, I haven't quite gotten it for a number of years. But I have often felt like I need to, to try it out. Who am I to criticize someone else for the decisions they make if I haven't tried it out? And the more that I have tried it out, <laughs> the more I have realized it's, it's, it's not for me. It's not fulfilling. It's not. Um, I wish I'd, I could have learned this at an early age. Uh, one of the jobs that I've had in my life that has just uh, taught me this lesson and gave me a good reference point when I was in high school, I had a job working in an office for a friend of mine, and he was giving a high school student a summer job, and so he just basically brought me into the office and told his office manager, here, have Joshua work for you. And the office manager didn't quite know what to do with me. She hadn't necessarily been looking for an employee. She was just giving <laughs> giving the boss's friend a, a, a job. And so they kind of gave me some things to, to do, but not a lot. And at the time, I could come into work every day, and I was supposed to answer the phone, but the phone very rarely rang, and there were a few errands that I could run for them, but they didn't really embrace the idea of teaching me a lot or training me a lot, and so I sat at the desk, and I read novels all day every day. I loved to read novels. I had great novels to read, but I felt like I was useless. I felt like, what's the point? Why am I sitting here reading? And I learned that just because something is fun doesn't mean that that's what you want to do all all the time. Doing something that's fun is great uh, when it's a break from the work. And I've had other experiences that have shown that to me. But I think I was still engaged with the idea that, well, maybe it's just that I didn't have enough autonomy, right? Maybe it was that with my summertime work, 
maybe it would have been fun if I hadn't had to stay in the office, right? Maybe the, maybe it was fun. Maybe reading novels would have been more fun if I could go to the cigar lounge every day and smoke cigars and read my novels there from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And maybe it would be fun if I didn't have to worry about paying 15 bucks for a stick of tobacco because I had so much money and I was actually financially independent and it, and it would be fine. And so I've, I've, I've had these lessons along the way, thus my oft-stated discomfort with many aspects of the financial independence movement, but I've often wondered, maybe I just haven't experienced enough. Maybe I just don't have enough money. Maybe it's different if I had a couple million bucks. Maybe it'd be different if I were in a different society, a place that I liked more. Maybe it would be different if I had a nicer house. Maybe it would be different if my my personal hedonism were, were more appropriate <laughs> to me and the way that I want to live. Um, well, I'm here to say that it's not. And pursuing lifestyle has never been a, has not ever been fulfilling for me. Meaning pursuing lifestyle just, well, if I could just get a little bit, have a little bit more money or have a little bit more freedom or have a little bit more, um, a little bit more fun, be in a more a more beautiful place, <laughs> then I'll be able to do it. But I, I don't find it. I don't find it enjoyable. Um, I don't find it. I find it not fun. And what it has become clear to me is those activities, those lifestyle pursuit activities, are most rewarding when they are an interlude for your other moments of work and of contribution and of service. An ice cold drink is best after a long day's work. And I've reached the point where that has become clear enough for me by philosophical introspection and by practical experience for me to be willing to reject building lifestyle, so-called lifestyle, to the extent that it costs me service. Now, how does this relate to money? Why is this a financial mistake? Well, because when I have pursued lifestyle, I have always labored under the constraint of, well, what's enough, right? If you could live on $50,000 a year or $100,000 a year, well, then enough is 25 times your expenses. And so two and a half million bucks in the bank, boom, you're good. $50,000 a year, two and a half million bucks in the bank, you're financially independent. 100,000, you know, uh, fine, you're good, four million. Um, so as I've, I, I get that math totally, totally messed up. You know what I mean? I was alluding to the 4% rule. Forgive me. <laughs> the math totally, totally did not come out <laughs> right there. Um, 25 times annual expenses. So 50, um, a hundred thousand a year, um, you need two and a half million bucks. The point is that you're always looking at it saying, was well, just just enough, right? Just enough. 
so I need just enough. And while I don't deny that contentment is a virtue that I wish to um, that I wish to appreciate, I, don't, I think that contentment can be see, can be something that keeps people from pursuing more, and that the pursuit of more is deeply gratifying. That the pursuit of improvement is fundamentally an important part of the human condition. I still struggle to put this into words. I've thought about this concept for months and months and months and months. And I I don't know how to express it more clearly. I've written it out for myself. I've thought it out. I've talked it out. I'm doing it publicly. But if I were to put it into a concise statement, I would simply say that there are some things in life that don't get old. So, for example, can you experience deeper connection with people that you love and care about? I don't find that that gets old. You can simultaneously enjoy what you're doing, enjoy where you are, while looking forward to experiencing more. If you gather your good friends around your table and you share a great meal together, full of amazing food and fun conversation and rich connection. You come away from that time so thankful for the depths of relationship that you have enjoyed and the love that you have shared with one another, looking forward to the next time of being able to do more of that. There are other things in life that are the same way. You do a lot of it and You do more of it, and it feels really good. What I don't think is one of those things is taking it easy or having a break or um, goofing off or doing all the things that you want to do. There are other things in life that are best in moderation. And I guess what I have, not I guess, what has become very clear to me over the past few years is simply that if you pursue lifestyle that's what and 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 that life and by lifestyle here i mean if you pursue disengagement if you pursue oh i'm just going to hang out it's not one of those things that can be done more of without damage uh, it's rather one of those things that is wonderful in small doses whereas service work You can do more. You can serve more effectively. You can work harder. That's one of those things that is, like love, like relationships. That's one of those things that can go deeper on. So what does this mean practically? How am I correcting this particular thing? Well, I have made some changes uh, that uh, I'm becoming, I'm, I'm willing to give up some of my personal freedom, some of my lifestyle in, a, in order to work more and to be able to serve others more in various ways. Uh, much of this related to business, but not all. But I'm willing to give up some of my freedoms and give up some of my indulgences in order to serve others more. 
Uh, part of this has to do with uh, our recent travels. I started traveling, and, and for some reason, it was kind of a mini retirement. Uh, you'll notice I said was. I have ended for now our global tour. Uh, I ended it prematurely for the moment because of the coronavirus restrictions, uh, partly due to my not being able to get into some of the places that I'm very keen to get into at the moment, partly due to just the frustration of dealing with it. There's nothing that'll break a father's heart <laughs> than seeing your children um, subjected to invasive medical testing that is not fun. Now, if it's necessary, you do it because you know that's what's best for them. But i just so tired of seeing my two-year-old, my four-year-old, my six-year-old, and my eight-year-old's not such, such a big deal, but just seeing them cry with having swabs stuck in their noses so we can get on an airplane, uh, it's brutal, and I'm, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, so part of this COVID, and partly also is that Asia is still shut down. I was planning to be in Asia this winter, and the places that I want to go, I can't get into. And so I've ended our travels for now, uh, and uh, I've rented a house back in the United States. I've moved back to the United States. I don't know if that will be forever, uh, but for now, in order for me to serve people effectively, I can't be across the border. It's just too difficult. I've, I haven't been able to to do things that are important because of the, the, the difficulties with the travel restrictions. So I've rented a house in Florida, and uh, I'm in the process of moving my family back into that house. And one of the things that I'm doing with it is I'm simply committing myself to work, to work. Now, I'll share with you honestly what is, um, you know, what my experience is with that. But what I mean by I'm committing myself to work is I'm giving up on the the freedom the I don't want to work too much. I'm giving up on the I don't want employees. I'm going to hire employees. I'm going to take on that responsibility again. I'm going to take on calendar appointments again. I'm going to do those things. And because I don't want to, sorry to steal this from other people, but I don't want to die with my music still in me. And I feel like the pursuit as I have pursued, quote unquote, what I'm calling the financial independence lifestyle there's that that hasn't been what I have wanted. Uh, and so I'm grateful that I have had the chance to try it out. Uh, I'm one who likes to test things. I'm one who likes to verify things. I'm one who likes to know for my sh- for myself, is the pot actually hot? I have one of my children is like this. <laughs> I see so much of me in him. You'll tell him something and he just wants to he wants to find out for himself. <laughs> and so I'm grateful that I've had the good fortune uh, to be able to try things for myself. But I believe that there is more fulfillment in working than there is in resting. I believe that there is more fulfillment in service than in being served. I believe that there is more fulfillment in a lifestyle that prioritizes um, labor and growth and impact rather than a lifestyle that prioritizes rest and relaxation and an inward-focused, selfish lifestyle. And... How does this apply financially? Well, if you're going to work and if you're going to serve, then that means that you're going to make a lot more money. Uh, as long as you're not, as long as you are working in an area where money is, where money is exchanged as a measurement of value. Right? My wife, 
her work with my children is not measured in terms of value. There are many professions and worthwhile sources of labor. You might have an aged parent that you are caring for or an ailing relative that you're caring for. And those, though, that, that hard work, that labor is not going to be denominated in financial terms. But most areas of labor can effectively be denominated in financial terms. And the more people that you serve, the more money that you make. Uh, and so it's been good for me to experience the things that I have experienced. I've enjoyed our little mini retirement over the past few months, traveling the world and taking my children and doing cool things <laughs> and having great adventures with them. Uh, but... I want, at this point, I want more work and I want um, more service, more labor, more responsibility, more impact, much more than I want more personal freedom, more lifestyle, etc. I've asked myself, well, Joshua, do you need to change things that you've said publicly? Are there any... Uh, episodes of radical personal finance that you need to repudiate? Is there anything that you need to adjust? The answer is I don't think so. I don't think that there's anything fundamentally flawed with the pursuit of financial independence. It doesn't have to be at odds with financial independence, you know, financial independence versus, uh, versus work. Uh, I don't think that Having personal freedom has to be at odds with saying, well, I, I, I'm willing to give up personal freedom. Uh, in fact, for years I have said, I believe that those who, those who you value, the, the, the people who seem to have the strongest point to say are those who know the opportunities that they're giving up. For example... Let's think of a relationship, right? Right? Maybe I'm. Let's say that I come into a relationship, and and um, I'm a very unattractive person. Maybe I'm very obese and physically handicapped, and just emotionally incompetent, and I'm a jerk to all around me, etc. And then by magic, someday I find a woman who says, you know what, I'll accept you, Joshua, and is willing to go into a relationship with me. Um, and so we go ahead and get married. How's she going to feel knowing that she was the only one in the world who was willing to accept me and my brutish personality and my ugly behavior and my boorish mannerisms, etc. It'd be very different in terms of her confidence and my love for her if she knows that I'm someone who was attractive, physically attractive, emotionally attractive, kind, had lots of options, and then... I chose to enter into a relationship with her. That's going to put a very different feeling on you if you're chosen to do something versus if you're just the only person that says yes. And so relating that kind of same level of thinking, when people give up things, people give up freedom, then they can make a more focused decision. As I've taught over the past years, my survive and thrive during the coming economic crisis course where I teach internationalization, I always said to make a plan that allows you to escape from a crisis does not mean that you have to leave during the crisis. 
It's just simply to know that you have the choice to leave during the crisis. And I think that a lot of us will feel better about our decisions knowing that we're making those decisions voluntarily by choice rather than being forced into it. And so that's how I feel is I don't regret building additional layers of freedom for myself. I still appreciate freedom. I, I desire to, to engage in a free lifestyle in the future. But if I choose to surrender some aspect of my own personal freedom to gain something else that I want, it makes me feel better doing that, knowing that that's of my own choice and that I'm making a conscious decision rather than feeling like it's out of my, out of my grasp. And so I don't think that there's any fundamental disconnect between what I have shared uh, and what I teach and what I've articulated in this particular uh, podcast for you. For me, it's more a matter of, am I willing to build a bigger business? Am I willing to hire employees? Am I willing to um, chain myself down to some degree to one location? Am I willing to, to, to do those things? Am I willing to work outside my house? Am I willing to commit to a calendar? Am I willing to get on an airplane and travel for business more, etc.? And as I'm willing to do that, then of course, that will result in a far higher income. And that's something that in the past, I didn't want, I didn't value. I didn't feel it was necessary. I didn't want it because I didn't want the corresponding losses of freedom. But now I see that as I desire more service, if my focus is on service, it's going to re require more work from me. And I'm willing to do that. But then, of course, effective service will be rewarded by far more financial gain. So that's one of my mistakes. I share that with you. Um, part of it's just a way of me telling you <laughs> some of the changes. Why am I quitting working? Or why am I quitting traveling right now? It's not that I can't continue to travel. It's that I feel like I'm wasting my time. I feel like I'm wasting my precious time. It's like, okay, I've been traveling for months. I've, I've, I've done some work along the way, but it's like, I'm, I'm, what's the point? What's the point? Why just bounce from one place to another? I don't, that's not, <laughs> I've gotten antsy and frustrated because the logistics of traveling harm the logistics of working. And even as I've shared, you know, a, few, a couple months ago, I was doing a lot of traveling and, and I booked a house in France for a month. Getting to be able to sit down and work was just such a relief because it felt like, okay, finally, <laughs> finally I can get some work done. And I just felt, felt that. And so what I'm doing now is a continuation of that where I'm canceling the travels now, um, at least on an ongoing basis, setting up a household. And there's this, for me, kind of an intense sense of relief about doing that. It's a, there's an intense sense of, okay, finally, I can, I can stop playing around. <laughs> I can get to work. And it feels really good in my head to be willing to do that. Um, I encourage you, if you are in the other side, it's good to get a chance to to take a break, right? If you're feeling like, Josh, I've been working nonstop for 10 years. I appreciate that. I've served others. I've worked and this has been great, but I need a break. Take a break. Take a sabbatical. Take a rest, right? Give, give yourself a rest. If the land itself can benefit from being furloughed for a time, 
then you yourself may need a time of rest. Uh, But then, if you find that your rest period was enough, don't be scared to get back to work. That's where I'm at. I'm ready to work. Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia Health provider today. Click the banner to learn more.